Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 84 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. That song you are hearing right now is Leave the Lights On by Pacifier from their 2009 album, Everyone on Every Night. And if you missed yesterday's episode, episode number 83, go back and take a listen to that because we were joined by Nick Kubli, who is, of course, the drummer for Pacifier. He's also a big Chicago Blackhawks fan, so we had a lot of fun just talking a little bit of Rangers, talking a little bit of Blackhawks, talking a little bit of music as well. And then, of course, the Rangers last night go on to post a 6-3 to victory against the Blackhawks in Chicago, a game that just had a crazy third period. It was only tied 1-1 going into the third, and then the floodgates just kind of opened, and the Rangers just ran away with it late. Another really strong third period for the Rangers, Igor Shosturkin with another big game. He moves to 7-1 and one for the Rangers, 7-1 and one since getting the call up from the AHL. And a couple of big-time scoring performances by the Rangers. Mika Zibanejad with a goal and three assists. Chris Kreider with a goal and two assists. And Pavel Buchnevich with a goal and an assist. And really just a great night for that top line right there. Those guys were just firing on all cylinders, as they have been doing recently. And, you know, the trade talk continues to heat up for Chris Kreider. I still want him re-signed, but if the Rangers do move him, they have quite the leg to stand on because he is absolutely on fire right now, and so many of these veteran players around the league who are being traded are netting fairly significant returns. I mean, we saw Blake Coleman net the Devils a first-round pick, and other guys, you know, are are flying off the board here, and they're getting first-round picks, second-round picks, all kinds of good stuff. So if the Rangers do move Kreider, uh, they have every right to have a very, very, very high asking price. And we're going to get to all that in just a second, but let's first talk about a couple of deals that the Rangers have already made. The big one, of course, was sending Joey Keene, a minor league defenseman for the Rangers, to the Carolina Hurricanes in exchange for Julian Gauthier, and Gauthier made his debut against the Blackhawks last night. Looked pretty good, I thought, playing on the fourth line alongside Brett Howden and Brendan Lemieux. And we'll get to that one in just a second, but first, I just wanted to talk about uh, a minor trade that the Rangers made with the Flyers here. The Rangers acquiring 28-year-old goalie Jean-Francois Barabee from the Philadelphia Flyers in exchange for future considerations. It really is kind of a minor trade here. And, you know, I think if you're the Rangers, you're kind of just looking for maybe a little bit more goaltending depth at the AHL level because the Wolfpack having a tremendous season, but obviously they've recently lost their goalie because Igor Shesterkin is now on the Rangers and doing great things with them. But I think this is just a way to just add a little bit more organizational depth at the goalie position. I don't think the Rangers see Barabee as, you know, a star goalie of the future. Again, he's 28 years old, former fourth-round pick by the Los Angeles Kings all the way back in 2009, and really has played very sparingly at the NHL level. Uh, Made his debut in 2015-2016 with the New York Islanders, played for them for two seasons, played for the Blackhawks in 2017-2018, has not appeared in an NHL game since then, and overall, 34 games played, 23 starts, a record of 9, 10, and 4, a goals against average of 339, and a save percentage of 898. So yeah, these are not exactly numbers that jump off the page. I don't think the Rangers, like we said, it was future considerations that the Flyers would be receiving. I don't think it's any kind of like blockbuster deal that's happened here. Uh, You know, obviously, I think he's just there for organizational depth and as a way to give the Wolfpack another goalie. 
And if the Rangers, you know, I suppose it does give you another option if somehow Henrik Lundqvist and Alex Georgiev are both not back with the team next season because, you know, in theory, Lundqvist could still waive his no-move clause. We got a little bit less than a week away from the trade deadline here. I don't think that's going to happen, but if he does and he heads elsewhere and then say Alex Georgiev signs with another team in the offseason, both those guys could be gone. I, again, I don't think that's going to happen, but it's at least conceivable with, that both Georgiev and Lundqvist will be on different teams next season. And then you've got Barabee, you know, guy who's at least played in the NHL and could, you know, step in as, you know, a short-term solution as the backup goalie to Shesterkin next season. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's a fairly harmless trade. And again, not one that's going to, you know, make waves across the league. But the big trade, if you're a Ranger fan, is once again, Joey Keane heading to the Carolina Hurricanes in exchange for Julian Gauthier. And not too long ago in episode 82, I talked for quite a while about Joey Keene because Keene had recently been called up to the Rangers from the AHL while Mark Stahl and Tony D'Angelo each battling some ailments, uh, minor stuff. Both are back in the lineup now. Uh, D'Angelo making his return last night in Chicago. Mark Stahl was back before that. But the thought was when the Rangers called him up, Keene that is, that they might need to throw him into the lineup because, again, Stahl and D'Angelo both battling some minor ailments. But as it turned out, the Rangers never ended up needing Keene, and they sent him back to the Wolfpack before he could make his NHL debut. And again, I'm not going to go into too much detail about Joey Keene because I just did that in episode 82. So if you want to find out a little bit more about Keene, then I'd say give that episode a listen. But for anyone just joining now, here are the cliff notes about Joey Keene. He is a 20-year-old defenseman taken by the Rangers in the third round of the 2018 NHL Draft, going number 88 overall. He made the AHL All-Star team this year. Eight goals, 22 assists in 49 games with the Wolfpack this season. Kind of has the reputation as a little bit of an offensive-minded defenseman, although by all accounts, starting to play better defensively this season as well. So starting to establish himself as a really nice two-way defenseman you know, at least in the AHL there. We'll see how he does if he makes his debut with the Hurricanes in the immediate future here. But yeah, he gets dealt to the Hurricanes in exchange for 22-year-old left winger Julian Gauthier, and Gauthier made his debut once again last night on the Rangers on the fourth line alongside of Brendan Lemieux and Brett Howden. And to me, I think this trade makes a lot of sense for both sides. And we are also going to be recording a crossover episode with the guys from Locked on Hurricanes tonight, so I'm sure we'll talk about this deal in greater detail. You know, as fate would have it, that's just how it worked out. We we planned this before the trade even happened, so it's just kind of working out nicely for us here. But yeah, I mean, if you're a fan of the Rangers or the Hurricanes, I think you got to feel pretty good about this move because to me, this just feels like a case where both teams traded from a position of strength to dress an area of weakness. And, you know, I don't know the Hurricanes absolutely inside and out, but by all accounts, it does sound like maybe they could use a little bit of help on their blue line if they have an Achilles heel. Maybe that's where it is. And for all those reasons, I believe we could see Joey Keane playing for their NHL team in relatively short order. As we said, we're going to be talking with Locked On Hurricanes. We'll see how they think Keane fits into the big picture. I will be curious to find that out myself. As for the Rangers, I mean, you really got to like this deal because, yes, you know, Keene, he had some real potential at the NHL level. And, yes, he was starting to establish himself in the AHL, having a really solid season for them as a, kind of a two-way defenseman. But the Rangers, I mean, they're pretty well set at defense. You know, you look up and down the lineup at the NHL level. You know about some of these guys that are coming down the pipe who eventually will make their debut with the Rangers, if not this season, then likely next season. And... You know, I mean, you've got guys like Adam Fox and Ryan Lindgren, and I don't want to jump the gun too much here, but it certainly seems like the two of them are going to be with the Rangers for, for quite a few years going forward. 
Um, you've got Jacob Truba, who, again, you know, a little bit of a mixed bag this season. Overall, I think he's played fairly well. He did have a bit of a rough game last night against the Blackhawks. But, you know, overall, I think he's been good this year. Has he been $8 million per year good? That's debatable. But, again, you know, Truba is a guy they just brought in here and a guy that they think is going to kind of anchor the blue line going forward. So Truba's going to be around. And Brady Shea, still under contract through 2024. It's always possible that he gets traded. But if he doesn't, again, he's he's under contract long term here. So that's four defensemen already. And then that doesn't even count Tony D'Angelo, and we'll, we'll see what the Rangers want to do with him as the trade deadline approaches. But D'Angelo could stick around. That's five we're up to. And then you've got, you know, guys like Niles Lundqvist and Keandre Miller who could be coming down the pipe as well. Eventually, they're going to make their Ranger debuts. So bottom line, the, the overall point I'm trying to make here is that the Rangers are pretty well set at defensemen. And as good as Joey Keene has played this season and as great as he has looked with the Hartford Wolfpack, and as much as he's improved his stock as maybe you know, becoming a, a fixture as an NHL defenseman, the Rangers didn't really need him. And I don't say that as an insult to Joey Keene. I'm just looking at, you know, the depth chart here. And there's only six spots on the NHL level for defensemen. You only dress six defensemen per game. And so I just don't know if there was ever really going to be a spot open for Joey Keene. Now, players can always force the issue a little bit. You know, we saw that with Ryan Lindgren this season because he started this season with the Wolfpack. He was called up to the Rangers. I don't know that anybody necessarily thought that he was going to, you know, stick for the entire season, but that's exactly what, what has happened. And I don't think he's ever going down to the AHL again. So you never know. I mean, maybe Joey Keene would have made his debut with the Rangers and just never looks back and just absolutely forced the Rangers to leave him at the NHL level. Uh, you never know. But again, for what the Rangers gave up to what they got, I really think you got to like it. Let's talk about Gautier a little bit here. Six foot four, 227 pounds, a first round pick by the Carolina Hurricanes in the 2016 NHL draft. He went number 21 overall in that draft. Made his NHL debut earlier this season, skated in five games with the Canes, and picked up one assist in that time, so obviously very small sample size there. And he's been a big-time player in the AHL really ever since he's been drafted by Carolina in 44 games with the Charlotte Checkers of the AHL this season. Gautier racked up 26 goals and 11 assists, so, so just off the point-per-game basis, but he is fourth in the AHL in goals scored this season. Very good on the power play as well. He's got eight power play goals, which is the most on the Checkers. He has 126 shots on net also most on the checkers. So clearly we're getting somebody here who isn't afraid to let the puck rip at the net. And that was a big time complaint by a lot of Ranger fans early in the season. And I, I include myself in that. I just wanted to see the Rangers shoot the puck more. I think it's a thing that they've been a lot better at recently, but nice to have a guy on the team who has that shoot first mentality. And hopefully he carries that into the NHL. I think a lot of times when you're on a new team and certainly you're the new guy at the NHL level, maybe the tendency is to pass rather than shoot just to kind of be unselfish when yourself over in the locker room a little bit. But no, I, I hope Gautier, hey, let, let it fly, man. If you've got a great shot, then absolutely take advantage of it. Do what you can do to help the Rangers win some games. And so hopefully that will be the case with Gautier moving forward here. As for his career totals in the AHL, he has played 184 games there, 69 goals, 34 assists, so 103 points in 184 games. He ranks fourth in the AHL in goals over the last two seasons with 53, and he helped Charlotte win the Calder Cup last season, the AHL championship. Wasn't his first championship either. He helped his team win a pair of titles in the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League. So 22 years old, and he's already been a part of three championships in the AHL and the QMJHL. 
So this is someone who's done his fair share of winning. That obviously can't hurt. You know, the Rangers starting to instill a culture of winning in that locker room. And a very fast player, and we saw that a couple of times last night. There was an instance last night where Gautier was moving in very quickly with the puck up the left wing. He basically just blew right by the defender and forced him to take a holding penalty. So Gautier, in his debut with the Rangers last night, just 7 minutes and 18 seconds of ice time, only put one shot on net, but he does draw a penalty right there, uh, taking advantage of just what appears to be blinding speed. Again, it's just one game, but it looks like the kid can fly, and that was kind of uh, his his reputation coming into the Rangers, that he's a very fast player. And on top of all that, he's just a big guy. You know, he's six foot four, 227 pounds. And I do still hope that the Rangers can come to some kind of a long-term agreement with Chris Kreider. Again, I cannot stress that enough. It sounds like they're at least still talking, so there's at least some hope there. But if the Rangers move on from Kreider, maybe they figure that Gautier can kind of fill those shoes. Again, he's six years younger than Chris Kreider and kind of built the same way. And you just hope that if Chris Kreider indeed moves on, that Gautier can kind of soften the blow at least a little bit. But yeah, I'm really excited about Gautier and to be able to receive a young player of his caliber, just 22 years old, in exchange for a defenseman who, you know, nothing against Joey Keane, once again, nothing against Keane at all, but I'm just not sure where he would have fit into the Rangers' long-term plans. They have a lot of exciting young defensemen who are going to be ticketed for spots on the NHL team moving forward. And, you know, not saying it couldn't have possibly worked out with Keane because he's obviously shown a lot of potential in the AHL and... Sometimes these guys just force the organization's hand and and they just force their way into the starting lineup. And you can look at Ryan Lindgren as an excellent example of that. But again, the Rangers were deep at defensemen and losing Keane seemingly will not be a death blow to this team in any way, shape, or form. And Gautier, you know, former first-round draft pick. And again, he didn't play a whole lot last night, just the seven-plus minutes of ice time. But he showed flashes. You know, he's he's clearly got some speed. He's, he's a big guy. He can go to the net. He drew a penalty. You know, the defense and just had to grab hold of him just out of necessity just to prevent, you know, what would have been an excellent scoring opportunity. I really wish that hold wouldn't have happened because maybe we would have seen Gautier score his first goal there. But hey, it is what it is. I think it's a fantastic move for the Rangers. Really excited to see what he can do moving forward. And now he was on the fourth line last night, and I think that's fine for his debut. I mean, Again, you know, he's he's very young. He's the new guy in the locker room. I don't think if you're Coach Quinn, you just want to throw him onto the, you know, the second line right away because a lot of these guys have, have done a lot of good work for the Rangers recently, and you don't want to just, you know, demote somebody for no real reason. So I think it was good to let Gautier play on the fourth line in his first game, kind of earn his stripes with the Rangers. And as far as what might happen going forward, they've got some options. I mean, you look at the second line, and right now it's Ryan Strom centering Artemi Panarin and Jesper Foss, and they've done great work all season. Uh, really a fan of that combination, but it does seem like the Rangers could be trading Jesper Foss. And again, you know, it's hard to say goodbye to any of these players. Big fan of Chris Kreider, big fan of Jesper Foss. they both two of the elder statesmen here with the Rangers. But the writing is on the wall. I do think the the Rangers are going to be sellers, and they're going to trade somebody. I mean, somebody, unfortunately, is, is probably going to get dealt. And, of course, Jesper Foss and Julian Gauthier, both right-wingers, so it's certainly possible that if Foss does indeed get dealt before Monday's trade deadline, that maybe Gauthier jumps up from the fourth line to the second line and you stick him out there with Ryan Strom and Artemi Panarin. That's certainly an intriguing line there. Gauthier has a ton of upside, and, uh, you know, playing on a line with Artemi Panarin, who's just a human cheat code out there, and also Ryan Strom, who's had a heck of a season. you got to give him his credit as well. Uh, That would be a lot of fun to see. Again, It'd be tough to say goodbye to Jesper Foss, but I don't think we're going to get through this trade deadline without the Rangers uh, shipping some of these veterans out of town, whether it's Kreider or Foss or, or both of them. You know, I think somebody will get traded, and the Rangers are just going to continue to kind of go down this road that they've been on. You know, they, they've they been 
moving veterans away and stockpiling draft picks and young players. And Julian Gauthier, just the latest example of that. The nice thing about the Gauthier trade is they didn't have to give up a beloved veteran player. I mean, Joey Keene, you know, he's got some potential, but I think it's a good trade for the Rangers. They found a way to bring in a forward with all kinds of upside, all kinds of potential, and they did it without moving, you know, one of these beloved veterans. So who knows? I mean, maybe it's possible that Kreider and Foss both remain with the Rangers through the deadline. I just don't think that's going to happen. I think at least one of the two certainly going to be on the move. And then if that does happen, we'll see Gautier kind of jump up a couple of lines and maybe play in a top six role uh, going forward down the stretch here. But yeah, you got to really like this trade here. I give the Rangers an A for this trade because, again, you know, they dealt from a position of strength and they got a really exciting, fast, big, strong young player here to play potentially a top six forward role going forward. And like I said earlier, the plan right now is to record a crossover episode with Locked On Hurricanes Thursday night and have that episode ready to go live Friday morning. And obviously, we're going to dive into this trade in a little bit greater detail. It'd be nice to get a perspective from Hurricanes fans as well. And the other thing that I got to once again talk about is the Locked On NHL two-part trade deadline special, the Western Conference special, and the Eastern Conference special. Two separate episodes that aired on Monday and Tuesday, respectively. And I've already listened to the entire Eastern Conference, working my way back to the Western Conference and going through that as well. But it's really a cool listen because you get a perspective from every single NHL team from their locked-on hosts. And all these locked-on hosts do such a great job with it. And it's just kind of cool to see where all these different teams are and what they might be doing as the trade deadline approaches here. So definitely check that out when you're done here. Again, that is the Locked On NHL podcast. And those are the episodes for Monday and Tuesday. So, yeah. Check it out. It's a great listen. And as for this game last night, do we have any time left? I, I know I talked for a while about that trade here, but we got a little bit of time to still talk about the Rangers and Blackhawks last night. Again, the Rangers pulling away in the third period and posting a 6-3 victory. It was not the best first two periods. The Rangers were a little sloppy at times, but I thought the effort was there. I thought they had a good amount of jump in their, in their game. It was kind of a weird game because... I thought that the pace was was pretty good for the first two periods, but you know, as, as well as the Rangers seemed to be skating, the, the scoring opportunities just were not there for the most part. And then a couple of times in their own end, Rangers were a little bit sloppy, and I thought Igor Shosturkin bailed them out. But hey, you know that's what good goalies do. And one other point I'd like to make about Shosturkin because he's been great, and we've obviously talked about him a lot. But one of the coolest things about him is I think he's a really great fit. I mean, he's a young player himself, but he's playing behind a really young group of defensemen, and for the most part, an inexperienced group of defensemen. And the reason I like that is inevitably when you've got a young hockey team, and especially young defensemen, there are going to be mistakes from time to time. There's going to be turnovers. There's going to be a, you know a sloppy play every here and again. But when you have a goalie that seems to be as good as Shesterkin seems to be, it's a good recipe because he can bail you out. If a defenseman makes a mistake, Shesterkin can allow you to essentially just get away with it and come up with a great save and bail out his defenseman. And that's a solid combination. It's kind of like in baseball, if I could you know, switch sports for just a second here, do a baseball analogy. Say you have like a really young, talented infield, but you know they're very inexperienced. The throws get away from them every now and then, but you have a great defensive first baseman, a guy who can really pick the ball out of the dirt. He can jump up and receive the throw and slap a tag on somebody as they're running by, a guy who can you know basically just do it all defensively at first base. Naturally, that's just a great fit because, you know, he can bail out his young, inexperienced infield teammates. And it's the same thing here, you know. And again, I don't think the Rangers should necessarily rely on Shesterkin to constantly save their bacon 
all night, every night. You know, I mean, the defensemen do have to play well, but if they do make a mistake, Shesterkin will be there to hopefully clean up the mess and just, you know, kind of bail them out and minimize the damage from the mistakes that, you know, are somewhat inevitable from a young group of defensemen. And we saw that a couple of times in this game, you know, a couple of turnovers by the Rangers and Shesterkin was right there and, you know, really stood on his head, made some outstanding saves. This is as good as he's looked in pretty much any game that he's played so far. I know he gave up the three goals, but even the goals, a lot of times the result of some defensive miscues. The second and third goals, you know, first of all, Kubalik scores on a breakaway and really just kind of weaved around Jacob Truba there. Like we said, you know, it wasn't Truba's best night, and uh, Kubalik just kind of went right around him, went in and scored on the breakaway. And then the goal that was scored in the third period by Kagiula, um, basically the Rangers just had a miscue. They had three players, almost four players behind the goal line. Uh, Zabanjad probably should have stayed in front of the net, but he went back to kind of chase the puck. And the next thing you know, Jonathan Taze dishes out in front. Kagula scores from the doorstep. That made it 3-2, to two, but the Rangers ran away with it after that. The Rangers really had some nice goals in this game as well. Filipino, you know, he got the party started early in the first period, less than two minutes into the game. He basically just skates in with some speed up the left wing, goes five-hole right through Robin Leonard. I would say it was a little bit of a soft goal, and maybe it was, but this is just a great shot by Filipino. I mean, just kind of snapped the shot out of nowhere, went right through the five-hole. I think kind of took Leonard by surprise that he pulled the trigger as early as he did on that goal. And then this top line of Zibanejad and Buchnevich and Kreider, I mean, they just continue to fire on all cylinders. They just look dangerous every single time they're on the ice. They're all right on the same page, and it's just really fun to see. Of course, Zibanejad with four points, Kreider with three points, Pavel Buchnevich with two points. They all score once. They're just putting it on a tee for each other right now. Really, really fun to watch this, and you just hope you keep your fingers crossed because the only one who's guaranteed to be here past the trade deadline is Mika Zibanejad. The Rangers could always move Buchnevich. I hope that they don't. I know he's been frustrating for Ranger fans at times. He has been a little bit up and down this season, but he's playing well recently. He's shown some flashes of brilliance. He's still under contract next season. And for all those reasons, I really just hope that Buchnevich sticks around and is here as part of the Rangers next season. And Kreider, I mean, we've talked about him. It really could go either way. And you just keep your fingers crossed and you hope that you know, the Rangers can can do a long-term deal with him. And the thing that's crazy is, like, I'm recording this episode right now, but, you know, I'm stopping every so often just to refresh Twitter and make sure that I'm not missing anything big because you never know when these trades can happen. You know, the Rangers are off today, so it would seem to be, you know, maybe a more likely day than others that, that a trade could happen. I mean, you never know for sure. Obviously, trades can still happen on game day, but I don't know. This could be one of those days where everything just kind of stands still for the Rangers and, and you know, the GM, Jeff Gordon, makes a move. And again, if anything happens as I'm recording this episode, obviously I'll give you guys an update at the end. Also, the Rangers in last night's game, they go three for three on the penalty kill. That brings them up to 16 consecutive power plays killed off. And again, this is just night and day compared to where this unit was early in the season. And again, half the battle is staying out of the penalty box in general. Rangers allow the Blackhawks to have three power plays last night. It's not the end of the world. It's not a terrible number. You can live with that. And of course, you know, the penalty kill unit stepping up big and not only killing off the power play, but really limiting the Blackhawks chances while they had the man advantage. Wanted to talk about this play as well. I know I'm kind of jumping all over the place here as far as, you know, the period-by-period period breakdowns that we usually do. You're getting kind of an abbreviated version here, but obviously we had to talk about the Gautier for Keane swap in this episode, and we spent a lot of time on that. I think rightfully so, and I'm assuming most of you guys watched the game last night anyway. It's always fun to, you know, break down a Ranger win, but of course I'm going to be jumping around a little bit here today. But there was an instance with Brennan Lemieux and Robin Leonard after the play. Uh, Leonard, I, I don't know what Lemieux did here to bring this on. I mean, I know a lot of times Lemieux can just kind of attract attention. You know, again, a fiery, scrappy player out there. 
And he brings on a lot of this attention himself, but in this case, I didn't see what he did. I mean, Leonard just out of nowhere basically just shoves Lemieux in the back of the neck and knocks him to the ice, and Leonard is penalized. Unfortunately, Rainer's not able to make him pay. They do not score on that power play. And then just a really weird play involving Shesterkin at the other end of the ice. Uh, the butt of Jonathan Tay's stick basically just gets caught in his mask, and you know, Tay's is trying to rip it out of there, and you they end up blowing the whistle. I think Shesterkin's helmet came off. Just one of those really weird, fluky plays, but obviously uh, happy to see that Shesterkin is okay there. Just just a weird situation. Anything involving the eyes, it's always a little bit scary, so good to see that Shesterkin was able to stay in the game, finish the game, and, and continue to play well. And then this is just the latest example of the Rangers coming up big in a clutch spot. Once again, you know, it was a tight game, and... One to one going into the third period. The Rangers seven five and two when tied entering the third period this season, and they come up big here. They score a couple of goals early in the third period. In fact, just four oh one into the third period, the Rangers had turned a one to one tie into a three to one advantage. First of all, Pavel Buchnevich finishes a feed from Chris Kreider, so that was great to see. And then Ryan Strom scores on the power play after receiving a pass from Tony D'Angelo. This is a great play by Strom on this play. So D'Angelo has the puck along the boards, kind of near the left faceoff circle. He passes. Passes into Ryan Strom. Strom receives the pass, you know, pretty much on the doorstep, but he's got his back to the net, and he turns around to his right, and in just one motion, just sweeps the puck home inside the post, and gives the Rangers a 3-1 lead there. The Blackhawks do get one back, but then we get goals by Chris Kreider. We get Artemi Panarin, who scores unassisted off of a turnover, his 30th goal of the season. And yeah, you know, the Rangers were pretty much just off to the races after that. The Blackhawks again get one back. They cut the deficit to two with... Uh, a little bit less than nine minutes remaining. Drake Cagula scores his second goal of the night. But then Mika Zibanejad all but ices the game. He scores just about two minutes after that. And that basically put a bow on it. And the Rangers, again, they claim their fifth win in their last six games, bouncing back nicely from a rough performance against the Boston Bruins over the weekend. And with that win, the Rangers now 8-3 and three since the All-Star break. This has been a tremendously fun stretch for Ranger fans. I hope you guys are enjoying it at least half as much as I am. This, this has really been a blast. It's been a lot of fun to come on here and talk about it every day. And, you know, Ryan Strom, they did a bench interview with him immediately after the game. And he basically said, you know, our job is to, to make, make decisions difficult for the GM in the front office right now. And that's what the Rangers are doing here. You know, they have crawled back into this playoff race. With the win, the Rangers are now 31-24-4. That is good for 66 points and just six points out of the playoffs because if you look at the wildcard standings, there are three teams right now tied for the two wildcard spots with 72 points apiece. Those three teams are the Carolina Hurricanes, the New York Islanders, and the Columbus Blue Jackets. So the Rangers not too far off the pace here, and the Rangers have only played 59 games. That's actually the exact same total that the Hurricanes and Islanders have played. Blue Jackets have played a couple more games. They've played 61. So the Rangers do have a couple of games in hand on the Blue Jackets. But bottom line, they're right there. They're in this playoff race. And I don't think it'll alter too much what, what the Rangers do at the trade deadline here. Although it's got to be a little bit tempting to, to let this team kind of just, just keep running and just keep doing what they do and, and not make too many changes and see if they can't eat themselves out a playoff spot. But I think you hear the Rangers front office, you do have to keep in mind, you have to prioritize the long-term uh, vision of what you want this team to be. And I don't think it makes a lot of sense to hang on to Kreider and Foss through the trade deadline if you're just going to let them leave in free agency anyway. Now, if you can extend one or both of those guys, then great. And if you feel like you want them to be here long-term, then that's awesome. I think there's at least a chance that a deal gets done with Kreider, but we will keep an eye on it going forward. The biggest reason right now why the Rangers may not want to trade Chris Kreider is... 
and I, I mentioned this a little bit earlier in the episode, teams are just paying an arm and a leg for basically anybody right now. It is certainly a seller's market this year. And I think, as I cited earlier, one of the biggest glaring examples of that is Blake Coleman. You know, the Devils, they got a first-round draft pick for Blake Coleman, a guy who's going to do nothing more than produce it an okay clip on the third line. But he's basically just a checking line forward, a guy who's, you know, going to play with some grit, and he's going to bring the hustle every night, and he's going to play hard. And I think the Tampa Bay Lightning certainly a good fit because they could maybe use a little bit more edge, somebody who's going to, you know, stick his nose in there and mix it up once they get into the playoffs. So it's a really nice fit for the Lightning, but a first-round draft pick for Blake Coleman. So, yeah, imagine what the Rangers could get for Chris Kreider. It's a situation where maybe the haul that the Rangers would receive is just too much, and it's just too good for Jeff Gordon and the Rangers to say no to. But we'll see what happens. You know, fingers crossed. And my best advice to you guys, if you're a big fan of Chris Kreider, if you're a big fan of Jesper Foss, then just try to enjoy these next couple of games because, you know, the Rangers, it's Thursday right now. They don't play again until Friday. There's no guarantee that Kreider or Foss will even play in that game because they could be traded before then or they could, you know, be a healthy scratch in anticipation of a trade that's about to go down. So definitely just enjoy it if you're fans of those guys, as I am, and you know, fingers crossed. Maybe, hey, you never know. Maybe if the Rangers trade Chris Kreider, maybe he comes back as a free agent next offseason anyway. And that's just, you know, a classic case of having your cake and eating it too. But certainly, if they do move him, you have to at least somewhat understand that as a fan, although it will be hard to say goodbye to a player like Chris Kreider and Jesper Foss as well. But uh, yeah, I think that's going to pretty much do it for today. And uh, again, we're going to be doing a crossover special with Locked on Hurricanes. We'll have that ready for you guys to go by tomorrow morning in all likelihood. So again, thanks for tuning in, guys. If you want to get in touch with this podcast, send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Absolutely give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time.